Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome everybody, this is Joshua, your host. It's Fusion Fantasy Football, and this is week nine. Welcome to next week tonight. That's right, it's next week tonight, week nine. I know you just watched the first game of week eight, Thursday night football. Uh, Pretty decent game, not as high flying, uh, you know, high scoring as maybe we'd hoped. Uh, These Falcon games are going to get pretty boring if their defense starts playing well. But hey, at least they won the game. Good for them. They're going to ruin their shot at good picks. Uh, I guess technically it is still early in the season. You can be two and six. I mean, you can get in the playoffs with six losses. A lot of us are probably looking at our own fantasy teams, our own leagues, and thinking the same thing. I realized it. I'm in a it's an old, you know, 10-teamer. It's a keeper league, though. It's it's interesting with lots of draft pick trading and I mean a lot of a lot of trades going on. It's a little bit of like a dynasty league, but at the same time, if you have a really good draft, just like in a redraft, you can make up for all of the advantages or disadvantages you has you had with your keepers and picks and so on. So I get this one team where I sold out last year and it backfired badly. I still at least had Christian McCaffrey, but now he's been sitting on my IR. And then I've won the last two weeks, though, and I'm looking at it and I realize I'm a three and four. You know, the the number one team is like six and zero. Oh. Then there's a five and one, and another five and one in the other conference. And I'm really in the conference I'm in, and I'm realizing, well, four teams get in the playoffs. Okay. There's five teams tied at three and four after those top three teams. So it's a five way tie for the fourth playoff team. I'm still in this, guys. So a lot of you guys are still in those situations. Look at your team, look at realistically, look at your situations and figure out if, if, you know, this is even possible. Um, for a lot of you, it might not be. For a lot of you, you, you're the guy up at the top. Hey, if you've been listening to this and you have, you have these players that we've been talking about before the season, into the season, you've been doing well. Now, some of our guys, some of my guys have not been doing great lately. I'm looking at you, Johnny Smith. All right. I mean, he did get blatantly like held on what was clearly going to be a touchdown pass to him. But, hey, that's what it takes to stop Johnny, I guess. That's what it takes. Uh, I would have loved to see him involved, you know, sooner sooner than that. That would have been nice. Uh, but, hey, some of these other guys are paying off. Michael P. Ryan, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking about adding him. Well ahead of anything going on we knew with Bell, right? And there he is. Now he's showing up. He's stacked starting to actually do something so this is going to be interesting we've been talking about adding Demir Bird and now it looks like Edelman's going to be out this week all right more of these guys Jalen Guyton right you want this guy because he's like second in the air yards on the Chargers he's just not getting quite getting those targets but he has some high value opportunities and 
should there be injury or anything, he's going to be in a great situation now, get the volume too. He had a long, big touchdown this past week. So there's a lot of these guys we're, we're trying to get you to t- pick up and, and, and play. They're having good games. Um, some of the streamers have been pretty well. Not It, it was hit or miss this past week. I, I'm not going to dig into it this. I don't have the time. You don't have the time. Um, it, it wasn't great. I'm not avoiding it because it wasn't great. I'm just saying it wasn't great. Two weeks ago, went into it in more detail because it was great. Let's be honest. That's how it works. But we have misses. One of them would be the, the Teddy tonight was kind of a streamer, and it, it really it didn't look great. It wasn't great at all. So, sorry. Uh, Philip Rivers was the other one, so maybe he'll do better off for you. But, uh, look, we're going to move on to Week 9. In Week 9, you've got the buys. Here's the teams on buy. Cincinnati, Cleveland, the Los Angeles Rams, Philadelphia, Eagles. There's some obvious streamers coming in. But the one that I think is going to be the easiest for you to get with a great matchup. But right now, I'm a little uneasy about it. Because it's Drew Locke. Okay, so that's the number one red flag. Not not a huge Drew Locke fan in general. And number two, it's, it's Drew Locke at... Atlanta playing the Falcons, which has been, you know, a matchup we love to target. That didn't go so great tonight, this week. So if the Falcons are playing better, that may not be great. So I we you always need to dig into these things. You always need to make sure that you're not just you're not going with a points against matchup that's thanks to points against that they got, you know five weeks or more ago just because they had a bunch of really big games they gave up a bunch of lot of big games to the quarterbacks they played i mean yes they played dak prescott yes they played russell wilson already so yeah they gave up a lot of points to good quarterbacks are we going to hold that against them yeah we are but maybe maybe we can't apply it to just any quarterback however Given the options, given who's probably available on waivers, I think this is still a pretty good shot. For running back, now that Bill O'Brien's out of the way, I've got to wonder if Duke Williams, look, every time he gets the ball, he does something, he makes a big play. And David Johnson is just getting kind of getting volume, but it's it's not great. He's He's getting the volume, but not doing a ton with it. One of these days, one of these coaches will realize that you can use Duke Williams more. I mean, look, if Jamal Williams can get what he gets even when Aaron Jones is playing, then surely Duke Williams can get at least that much opportunity when it's just David Johnson. And not not five years ago, flashy David Johnson. We're talking about this year, David Johnson. It's not been great. They're playing the Tex. Uh, the Texans are playing the Jaguars, who are giving up the six. Have given up the six most points to running back. I'm going to start saying it that way at this point in the season, because again, they have given up. I'm not sure they currently still are, but in the Jags case, in the Jags case, they still are giving up points to running back. So uh, that's who you can throw 
uh, it's hard to find running backs or streamers, especially guys you might have a chance of picking up. So this is one that I'm going to put out to you guys. If you're in a tough spot, go for it. There's going to be some other guys you can possibly be adding, and they may have good good opportunity and uh, might be good starts as well. So we're going to go to Marvin Jones for wide receivers. Some of these wide receiver names are going to be more highly owned. So I'm going to give you several of them, and maybe one of them is out there. But they're all guys we've already talked about here. Marvin Jones Jr. Lions are playing the Vikings. What did he have, like six, seven receptions or something, 80 yards? I think it was six receptions, 80 yards last week. He was on my streamers. That was one of the hits. He's had a really bad beginning of the season, but that whole offense, look, Galladay is back, and that's good for Marvin Jones. That's really good for Marvin Jones. This whole offense is back together. I'm buying, buying, buying Lions. Buy Galladay, pay up. Buy Swift, pay up. Marvin Jones, in the meantime, he's kind of just along for the ride, but he's going to he's gonna get the rewards too. So Marvin Jones against the Vikings. The Bears are playing the Titans, giving up the fourth most points to wide receivers. So I'm playing Darnell Mooney, who still is should be the wide receiver two on that team. He has a lot of incompleted air yards, and a lot of them are on uncatchable targets, like one of the highest rates of uncatchable targets. Um, I don't know how the splits for that workout between Drew Brisky and Foles, but I don't think it's been that much better with Foles. But you know how Foles is, especially when he comes in, he can have some rough games, but then he can start getting hot at any time after a few games in, and he could start hitting him. This is exactly the kind of guy he would like to start hitting, and so I'm going to stick with Darnell Mooney. We've been with Darn Mel Mooney since like week three. All right. Obviously not a super high productive starter, but a guy that's cheap that you can get that could pay off. And I think it's coming. Next one is Gabriel Davis. The Bills playing the Seahawks, giving up who have given up the most white points to wide receivers. Gabriel Davis has honestly disappointed. He's gotten a lot of opportunities, especially here with John Brown being in and out. And I really hope he can make something of it. I don't know. That whole offense seems to be struggling a little bit. Um, a great way to do that is to play the Seahawks, where you just start throwing it around the yard because you have to and because their defense lets you. And... I just hope that this kind of matchup, there will be points on the table for him. I don't know that he's going to be able to consistently demand that and produce that in most matchups. That's the problem. Tight end, a couple of good ones for you here. Uh, Greg Olson in that same matchup, Seahawks at the Bills, who are giving up the fifth, uh, the fourth most points of tight ends. And he's gone a little bit, forgotten he hasn't had any big games probably it's quite likely he is on someone's roster but sitting on their bench so maybe you have to trade something for him but it's also a decent chance he's been cut so greg olson 
And then the other guy who's always, this is old man tight end week. So we're going with Darren Fells, guys, uh, who keeps doing it and keeps getting disrespected and forgotten about. Texans playing the Jags who give up the fifth most points to tight ends. So there's a couple uh, kind of older man options for you. It's so mean. I older man. Probably I'm like the same age as these guys. Oh my goodness. All right. So that's the streamers. Let's talk about some ads. Must add players. First of all, Tevin Coleman must be owned. I know. I I know he's been hurt and kind of forgotten about, and we're all excited about Jermichael Hasty and stuff. But he'll be back like this week possibly. I was trying to tell you even before if you listen to. Uh, Jake, uh, Jake's snake in the draft with Jacob Vine. I was on there, a go guest, and we tried telling you. Tevin Coleman brought it up last week. Before that, he's coming back. All right, so Irv Smith is the other guy, tight end Vikings. He also needs to be honed. Owned his his targets, his involvement in the passing game is ticking up. This is what we'd hoped to see carry over from last season into this season. But so far, we're just seeing what we saw last season, which was steadily, steadily getting him more and more involved in the passing game. Unfortunately, he didn't step in, like I said. He didn't step in and carry that over to the beginning of the season. But now that now that Jefferson's kind of worked in as well, it, it may be a situation where Irv Smith just either isn't the kind of talent or just isn't yet to the point in his career because he is a very young guy uh, as a Ted, especially in tight end, where he can demand that workload and step in even at, even to the point of becoming the number two option, at least for a game here and there. He seems like for now he's kind of going to get carried along with the receivers and the receiving game if it's having a good game. So when the Tex, uh, sorry, not the Texans. Oops. So when the the Vikings are playing the Lions this week, and Lions defense isn't that great. So with Jefferson and Adam Thielen are making a bunch of big plays. Irv Smith's gonna be able to gonna be able to thrive underneath shorter, more targets. That's what we're looking for. He's gonna take advantage. He's not dominant yet to create that for himself, but you'll notice that the uptick for his usage came along with Jefferson getting more involved and having those big plays. So that's he's the third receiver in this team, not the second. Jefferson's the real deal, um, but he can still profit from that. All right, so those are the must-adds. You should add, and really this should be, this is kind of a must-add, but it's a little bit deeper end of things. It's it's Eno Benjamin on the, on the Cardinals. The thing is, I don't know for sure the situation here. It's quite possible someone like DJ Foster is going to get work first before him. So this is a pure just pre-action stash get him on the end of your bench just in case with Kenyon Drake out Chase Edmonds getting the majority of the work the second guy could be Eno Benjamin and to be honest to be honest I love Chase Edmonds but 
Chase Edmonds might be better suited to continue in the role he's been in and let Eno Benjamin take on more of that Kenyon Drake role, which I know he hasn't been great with it, and maybe Eno Benjamin won't either, but he'll be getting work. And so at least we'll get to see if he's good. Worst case, you can sell him. Best case, he hits. So just have him on your roster on the end of your bench so you're prepared if he does absolutely nothing and DJ Moore, uh, Foster is getting usage instead of him before him then just then just cut him that's fine no hard feelings trade moves what are we going to do here guys you need to go acquire Austin Hooper everyone's thinking about all excited about Harrison Bryant he Austin Hooper had the appendicitis. He's probably going to miss even another week. There's all kinds of reasons for why Austin Hooper is not going to be good for a couple weeks. And I know this. But if you're a contender and you're a little bit questionable on your tight end, you want to go get Austin Hooper now when he's cheap and he can be a guy to help you win down the stretch. I'm not saying he's a league winner, but he has a very good schedule. He was getting more involved. Odell Beckham is out for the season now. Austin Hooper was starting to get more and more involved. You know, that basically that would have been him. That would have been him instead of Harrison Bryant, or at least instead of Njoku. But because I do think Harrison Bryant is good, don't get me wrong. Talked about him last week, right? Should have added him. Um, but Austin Hooper is the primary tight end, and when we get three weeks out from here, he's going to be back and he's going to be the guy. Go get him now. Some more controversial ones here. So I hear a lot of podcasters talking about Christian Kirk and saying his touchdown rate is ridiculous and he can't keep it up, which is completely true. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. He has like four touchdowns or something in the last three games. And I mean, in one of those games, you literally had two receptions for two touchdowns. That's the the game I told you to stream him in. But at the same time, that's a little ridiculous. Uh, Here's the thing. They often then, uh, uh, along with this take, proceed to talk about the problem is he's low volume. Um, I don't know. Is is like a 16, 17% target share actually low volume is is being second on the team in air yards and a, a super high um whopper that's it's a weighted opportunity rating like he has a lot of things going for him which puts him in kind of the range that be in, that he has in the past three ga- weeks got an opportunity that's perfectly acceptable for a wide receiver three in fantasy. Like, this is fine. For a flex kind of worthy wide receiver three flex player, wide receiver, this is this is fine. This is great. And he's in that role in this offense that is going to continue to do this. So his, his touchdown rate can be high, and that's okay. Maybe not 40% high, but it can be high. I don't he he he's not going to get you 10 catches 
for 60 yards. No, no, no. But he can get you four for 80, and maybe one of them's a touchdown. Okay, so just people seem to continue to not be accepting of the idea that Christian Kirk is going to be something. So so listen to this. Sorry, 109 pass attempts since, and including week five. So week five, six, and seven. Three weeks. Since then, if you're looking and including before then in your numbers for Kirk, you're you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. He missed, first of all, week four was their bye. They ended up having a, a bye, right? And then week three, I think, was when he was injured. And then in week one and two, it was it was just all Hopkins, especially week one. That's not what we should be looking at. That's not representative. We need to look at the last three weeks to really see how it's been working out. And they've been winning these weeks, right? They've been winning these games too. 109 pass attempts, 70, only 70 completions. Here's what you need to understand. Kyler Murray has not been a high volume passer. So you can criticize Kirk for being low volume, but you need to make sure you understand it's in the context that that offense is in low pass volume. That may go up with Chris, with Kenyon Drake out even. But I also think it's just a product of the way that offense works, the way that Kyler Murray can run the ball. Just think, just think Russell Wilson, guys. Kyler Murray is mini like sophomore season Russell Wilson. Was this not apparent? Did Am I the only one that saw this the other night when they were playing each other? Amazing game. One of the best games of the season. But I felt like I was watching like a, a young Russell Wilson playing uh, an old Russell Wilson. Just the way he gets out of bounds, the way he runs around guys, the way he loops around uh, the pocket and runs out. Like it. That's all that I was seeing. And Kyler Murray's shown the ability to score touchdowns at a high rate, even with low volume, or like he did the other game, he doesn't quite maybe have the accuracy as Russell Wilson, and he was had a very low completion rate. If that comes back up, someone's catching it. So again, 70 completions in those three games. Hopkins has 27 of them. Kirk has 18. Fitzgerald has 19. Okay, that puts them at 27, uh, 24%, sorry, 16.5% and 17.5% target share, respectively. I mean, that's not much, but it seems like, okay, so Fitz, he had one more target, basically. Um, it seems like Fitz is the number two, then, if we're just going purely by volume. Here's the thing. If we look at the air yards, Hopkins has 276 in that time. Kirk has 209. Guess how much Fitz has? 112. It's a vastly different like role and usage for Fritz Gerald. Um, Kirk is the one getting the valuable usage. And the volume for the offense as a whole may not be there, but the volume and the usage and the opportunity is there for Kirk and will continue to be. Uh, don't fade Kirk. If someone's trying to get rid of him for cheap because they don't think he can keep this up, buy into it. Buy into it. Now, talking about big plays, 
Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott has only had one all season. Now, they that's depending on how you want to quantify big plays, but he is doing not well with Dak Prescott not at quarterback. Let's just say it that way. Uh, I, I know a lot of us, a lot of people were hoping that this offense would have to lean on him, and that that's nice for volume, but it's really bad for efficiency. And he's really, it's clear he's pushing himself hard, and the results have been bad. Some of his, his fumbling issues are coming back up again. So the problem with Zeke right now is he's not being good, put in good situations at all. Uh, but even in the earlier weeks, he was very touchdown dependent. He was getting some volume, but it was just ugly volume. And he wasn't breaking big plays. I'm sorry. If you have a decent offensive line, if you have a quarterback who can throw the ball like Dak was, and you have three wide receivers out there getting attention, you should have some openings to run some fairly big plays. He had a few chunk runs that made it kind of, it made it look all right, made it look good. But when he really dug into it, there weren't any really big runs. And that's what kind of Zeke used to do, but he doesn't anymore. He had like hardly any last year as well. It's something I wanted to keep an eye on in this year. And sure enough, it doesn't look good. Zeke is never going to be Zeke again. He's never going to be the Zeke you want him to be again. I'm sorry. He can still be good. Look look at what Gurley is doing, which I told you. Uh, look at what Gurley is doing. He, he can do something like that. I'm just saying he's not top five. So if you're in a dynasty, if even if you're in redraft, you can sell the name, sell it. Make sure you get something good out of it. Don't, don't get too scared here and, and panic sell for too little. But he's never going to be the Zeke of old. So sell while you can. Speaking of someone to sell, sorry, liquidate, liquidate Tom Brady. I came, I went back and forth on this one, and I, and I heard uh, the the fantasy footballers were talking about whether to buy or sell Tom Brady and some other other quarterbacks. A really fun discussion. The one that stuck out to me was Tom Brady, and ultimately I came to the conclusion that while they were saying. You should buy him. I'm going to say you should sell him. He just came off probably the best game he'll have this season. So this isn't just a buy, a sell high kind of situation. I think he'll have a solid year, rest of the season. I'm a little worried about what the coming weeks will hold. So week eight is going to be fine. They're playing like the Giants, I think, going off memory here, which is rough because that was last week to me. Because I'm in week nine, remember? But they have a pretty decent matchup. He's going to have another good week. So after they have another good week, this week, sell Tom Brady. Because then Antonio Brown is coming. And I don't know how that's going to go. I have been one telling you and others to... Make sure you have Antonio Brown. I have Antonio Brown on many of my teams, on my benches. 
However, the Buccaneers looked like they just got their offense finally in sync. And now you're adding Antonio Brown. And it's really going to mix things up again. It was already looking rough for Mike Evans. He was getting involved in the slot usage. Like, it's just a lot of weird stuff going on. And this just makes it weirder. And yes, by week, what is this? So by week like 12, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, they could all be integrated, have this figured out looking good. And then guess what? Week 13, they have a bye. And then, yeah, so if you're a contender and you're just looking for the playoffs, I guess keep Tom Brady, sure. But if you need something to help you get there, sell Tom Brady, get another quarterback, stream, trade, whatever, sell Tom Brady high. That's it. Get, get, get what you can out of him, but... I think that was the best he's going to be for about five or six weeks, essentially. That's all. And it could go bad. What we see sometimes, and I don't think Tom Brady does this, but in the one game he had with Antonio Brown in New England, he did target him like 14 times or something ridiculous like that. But what we see sometimes is quarterbacks focus too much on a receiver just because of who they are. And it actually is inefficient and bad for the offense. I think you're going to see that in Cleveland. This passing offense is going to continue looking pretty good. In fact, you could add, this should have been in the could ads, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I can't put Richard Higgins out there because he was in everyone's waiver wire articles already. Uh, but he's a guy that I've liked and picked up here and there in the past. So just go ahead and, and invest in that offense, the Browns. I'm not sure that means Mayfield. I'm a little torn on that because this could be a situation where, you know, how like the Eli Manning situation where his receivers could be good, but he never was for fantasy. This could be that kind of situation with Baker Mayfield. But I, I'm confident that, that he's going to even be better when he's not trying to get the ball to Odell Beckham and constantly thinking about it and you know worried about their egos all the time. And he can just put the ball where it needs to be and be more efficient. That's what I'm afraid is going to happen. Uh, well, not really afraid. I kind of hope it happens. But at the same time, I'm afraid that that's the only reason why that's what was holding back the Browns was Odell Beckham being there and being that demand and that pressure. And so when Antonio Brown goes to Tampa Bay, could that do the same thing? Again, Tom Brady's a much more experienced quarterback, far less likely to fall under that sway, but maybe he also just really lacks an Antonio Brown. Best case, it throws off their offensive cohesion for a, a couple weeks, right? So if for no other reason than that, get get Tom Brady for another good week, sell him for something else, plus something, whatever your team needs positionally, and then 
watch Brady have a couple bad weeks when uh, they get Antonio Brown. And maybe you can buy him back or probably not. Maybe you'll... in. This is what I do sometimes. In, in one league, I'll be selling the guy. And then three, four weeks later in a different league, I'm buying him back. I'm not really buying him back because I didn't have him in that league. But I mean, me personally, I'm now buying him again. And so I've improved the situation of two different teams in regards just just by buying or selling the same player, but just at different times. We can't be locked in and not willing to move that quickly on our positions. I mean, remember I was saying, go ahead and buy Hayden Hurst, right? He actually had a, a number. He was very involved in this, this Thursday night game. There you go. Look, I didn't like him coming into the season. That doesn't mean I can't like him for the rest of the season. Um, and that's kind of what I figured, that he would have a rough start of the season. I, I didn't know everything else was going to happen with the Falcons, but it was just made sense. He's new on the team. Come on, guys. That's not that's not difficult. All right. Good luck. Go get him this week. Um, get some of those streamers from the week eight again. I, I should go over those again real quick. So you got Phillip Rivers playing uh, the Lions. Cole Komet playing the Saints. A little thin on the streamers last uh, for this week. But hopefully you can go get those guys to set yourself up for week nine. And hopefully you have all the players that we've talked about in the weeks before this already ready to go. We've already We've already picked out all the good players. So now I got nothing else to pick, right? No, there's always more uh, new guys that we don't even, never even heard of before, like like me and Jalen Guyton, right? There's always someone new. Uh, there's always injuries that bring up new players. So we just got to stay on top of it. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't, you know, lose focus and attention. Just stay in a, on it. A lot of teams, like I said, in that one league, there's five of us tied at three and four. How many of those other teams that are three and four are thinking they're not they don't have it this season. How many of them looked at the league and figured out that they're in a five-way tie for fourth place and they're still in this? And are there are they energized and are they scouring the waiver wire for this week, this past week for who to pick up and setting themselves up for streamers and all this good stuff? How many of them are staying on top of it? Make sure you're one of those ones. There's going to be a lot of people who thought they were out of it, who end up in the playoffs this year. We, it happens every year, but I think this year especially, I'm seeing a lot of my teams that I thought were going to be good who had rough starts look like they're coming around. And I like that because it means I was right. Um, but sometimes it's just the way it works out. Sometimes it's because of injury um, and, and just other reasons. But hopefully you're not done yet. Stick in there. Um, outwork the competition. See you next week, guys.